chapter 14, verse number 1 through verse number 3. And I know this is not, this is read a lot at funerals. I know we're not at a funeral tonight, so I know where I'm at, all right? So just stay with me. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Tell your neighbor, say, don't be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my father's house. Tell him, say, he's talking about my daddy. Uh, you guys ain't going to help me tonight. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. What a word from the Lord. Amen. Let me give you verse number three again. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am there ye may be also. That's not necessarily what I'm going to preach on, but that's where I'm going to start from. And if the Lord would help me for a few moments, I'm going to preach with the help of the Holy Spirit tonight until then. Lord, we love you tonight. Thank you for your word. Anoint us with the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us have ears to hear and hearts to receive, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. What a hope that we have in the promise of Christ Jesus, our Lord. We see clearly promises of a day to come in which he will come and receive us and take us to a place that has been prepared. How many knows he's preparing a place? One may ask a few questions concerning this passage of Scripture. One may ask, where is this place? What is it going to be like? Who's going to be there? We get a snapshot if we will allow the Lord to speak to us through his word. And I'm not talking about just the words of anyone, but from the revelation of Jesus himself that was given to John while he was on the Isle of Patmos. But before we get to that revelation and before we dive into that, I have a question. I'd like to have permission to ask it to you tonight. And that question is this, what would cause a man, what would cause a woman to willingly give his life for such promises? You know, all throughout history, we see men and women that had opportunities to denounce their faith but yet they stood unmovable. They stood in the face of some of the most horrific things that you could even imagine. And even beyond things you could imagine. You know, when you start looking at history, you find, and I got a few just jotted down before I get into this because I really want this to become alive in our spirit to tell you that, you know, this, this thing called faith that we have it didn't come without a price and the freedom that we have tonight to set and to do what we're doing did not come without a price you know this word should be precious to a man or a woman of faith 
If we're not careful, I see people lose their mind because they think they lost this. Now, in the eyes of the beholder, I understand these things. It's amazing. Some of these are $1,200, $1,500. Yeah, that's, that's an investment. And I understand getting upset. Well, where'd it go? If you're in my house, Debbie loses this probably 50 times a day. You know, much of my time is, can you call my phone? I've lost it. It's the end of the world. Oh, I got to find it. It's ringing. Oh, where's it at? And then to go with that, we have this thing that's supposed to let you ping it. And she said, it's not pinging. It's not here. It's, I've left it somewhere. Oh, it's valuable. It's valuable. And I understand it's valuable. But more valuable than that should be this. You could not put a price on this. But yet, if we're not careful, we let it lay, we let it become covered in dust. It has no value. I heard one preacher recently say in a message I was listening to, and he said, when I started preaching, he said, in order for you to be revered as having good success, he said, you had to drive a big car. You couldn't have a small Bible, but you needed a big Thompson chain thumb index Bible with about 20 stickers in it and sticking out so it makes it look like you've been studying and reading. And he said, after I started preaching, he said, I realized this, I didn't need a big car, I needed a pickup truck. And I said, amen to that, because he said, you knew you had to fix everything at the church nobody else was going to. I said, I, could rem I understand that. And then he said, you didn't really need to have a big thumb index Bible, because simple fact is you could walk through the pews and find you all kinds of Bibles, because nobody would ever take them home with them unfortunately we can't even walk through the pews to find bibles anymore because their bibles are in our phones so see the the most precious thing is no longer even on our radar if we're not careful and you say why do you say that well it has nothing to do with my message other than it paints the point the, the fact that this thing is precious it should be one of your most precious possessions because people paid a great price for it. What kind of price was paid for it? Can I tell you this tonight? Stephen, in the year 36 AD, was in Jerusalem, and he began to talk about the goodness of God, and the next thing you know, stones began to be thrown at him, and he lost his life because he was stoned to death. You could talk about St. Lawrence, who was grilled to death in the year 258. And I'm not talking about after they're dead, but I'm talking about laid on a grill with fire under it and began to be burned alive. He was grilled. We could talk about Margaret, who was pressed to death in the year 1571 because she wouldn't denounce her faith. I'm not talking about if she's dead. I'm talking about they taking Luther in of actually a flat press and began to press her down trying to get her to denounce her faith, but she would not deny her Lord. And she left this world in that manner. We could talk about St. Sebastian, who also, he was clubbed to death. We could talk about Peter's brother, Andrew, who was crucified. We could talk about many others that was beheaded. But probably one of the most gruesome that was there was Bartholomew, because there is some controversy of knowing exactly what happened but to the best of our ability we have come to realize that with Bartholomew he was skinned alive and he wasn't just cut in strips but he was 
skin in such a manner they pulled his skin off his body and they let him bleed out and then after he had passed they beheaded his corpse and crucified it all because of the goodness of God what are you talking about preacher we could go on to talk in depth about Whitecliffe who was burned with his writings we could talk about William Tyndale that set the stage for you and I to have this precious book tonight and he was tied to the stake and he was choked to death what would possess a man what would possess a woman to give so much for a man that most of these that I just mentioned never seen in the natural never talked to in the natural in a realm like you and I communicate Somewhere along the line, they heard, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house is many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. What are you talking about, preacher? If you was to read Hebrews chapter 11, I know I've referenced it much lately, but you find that there was those that by faith they did certain things, but then it said there was some that saw the promise from afar off that never obtained it, but yet they still stayed faithful. How and why? It's because they understood that let not your heart be troubled. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're faced with in life. But here's what I want you to hear is this. Is let not your heart be troubled. And now that's easier said than done because how many knows we're all human and we're all in this flesh and how many knows that we have emotions and when things unexpectedly happen, we get rattled, if you will. And how many knows sometimes it's easy to get troubled. I have to be honest and transparent with you tonight. I am troubled in my spirit today because of many of the things that I rehearsed in your hearing just a few moments ago. Because I, I don't like to hear of all of this negativity that people find themselves going through. So how do I live in such a manner to keep myself from not being overwhelmed by the current events of the moment is I have to get my eyes off the moment uh, and I've got to get my eyes back on what it's supposed to be and that is on Jesus Christ and him alone because it is in him that I have my being. It is in him that I have my peace. It is in him that I have my joy. It is in him that I have my rest. It is in him that I have my sanity because I know this, that he said, I will never leave you or forsake you, but I will be with you always, even to the end. And can I tell you, we're not to the end yet because there's still breath in our bodies. So today I have to ask the question is, if all of this stuff is part of this fallen world in which we live and we have this great glorious promise that there is a day that is coming what are we to do until then you see we must have insight there must be somewhere in the pages of this glorious book that tells us what we're to do and I can think of no better place than to go to the revelation of Jesus Christ himself. 
We know this in Revelations chapter 1. I'm going to jump through this thing real quick. I'm going to do my best. The revelation of Jesus Christ in Revelation 1 verse 1. Which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Get this now, what you don't realize, you just thought you was coming to church tonight, and you did. But guess what? You're getting ready to be blessed. Tell your neighbor, say, you're getting ready to be blessed. You didn't know it. You're getting ready to be blessed. And I'm going to show you why you're getting ready to be blessed. Because right here, verse number three, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy and kept and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand now notice because of what you're getting ready to hear over the next few moments not because i'm preaching but because of the scripture that i'm about to read in your ears and in your hearing tonight it is the revelation not of man it is the revelation of jesus christ that was given to john on the isle of patmos and if you will keep these words that you're about to hear there is a blessing that is upon you please hear me if you jump down to verse number 10 john is writing he says i was in the spirit on the lord's day how many knows that's a good place to be in the spirit and doing it on the lord's day and he heard behind me a great voice as of trumpet saying i am alpha and omega the first and the last and he said what thou seest write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in asia verse number 12 John says, I turned to see the voice that spake unto me. And he said, when I turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of those seven candlesticks was one like unto the Son of Man. He was clothed with a garment down to the foot. He, had a, uh, he was girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. His feet like unto fine brass, as if they had been burned in a fire. And his voice as the sound of many waters. He goes on to say, and we know this, that the words given here were not mere words from men, but it is a prophetic revelation of Jesus Christ himself. But I want us to move forward now to what I really want us to hear, because I want to tie this into John chapter number 14. It says, let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, believe also in me. All right, anybody remember that? Notice, until then, what do we do? We have to realize when you start talking about this place, what is it? What's it look like? Who's going to be there? John begins to have this revelation of Jesus Christ. And the Lord says, I want you to write this down in a book. And we find we could, we could read a bunch of things that was written concerning different things. But I think we need to talk about eternity for a few moments tonight. And you jump all the way to Revelation 21, verse number 1. John is writing, he's in the spirit on the Lord's day. He's getting this directly from the angel of the Lord. And we find this and it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And he said, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God 
And get this, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Somebody say, praise the Lord. But he didn't stop there. He went on and he said, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. He didn't say some things, but he said, all things are new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Now, stay with me. And he said unto John, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Now, we could stop right there and preach for five hours. But I got to go on just a little bit more. In verse number 9 and 10, it says, And then there came one of the seven angels, came hither, and he said, Come on, I want you to go with me. I'm going to show you the bride. I'm going to show you the lamb's wife. And he says, He carried me away, in verse number 10, in the spirit to a great high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Verse number 14, and it simply says, actually, let me read verse number 12. And a wall great and high, it had 12 gates, and at the gates 12 angels, and names were written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Verse number 14, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them was the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Verse number 19, and the foundations of the wall of the city, they was garnished with all manner of precious stones, and it goes goes on to begin to list a jasper and sapphire and we find emerald and many others it's mentioned and then we go down to verse number 21 and it says in the 12 gates were 12 pearls not talking about many pearls just one big pearl every gate just one big pearl oh man what a sight that's gonna be and every several gate was of one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it was as transparent glass anybody getting excited yet about that place he's preparing can I tell you now we find, if you go on just a little bit farther, in verse number 22, he said, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty, the Lamb, are the temple of it. And he said, and the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it. You're talking about the glory of the Lord. And it said, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And get this, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. Tell your neighbor, say, talk about us. Right in the smack dab middle of all of that beauty, you're going to find the, the saints of God from every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe. You're going to find them in the midst of that holy place that John caught a glimpse of. And we find that it says, and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor it. Meaning this, they just bring everything they have, put it at the feet of Jesus. Uh, and it says at the gates that they will not be shut at all because there will be be no night there and they shall bring and listen it says you're going to bring everything uh, and you're going to set it there and there's nothing going to defile this place verse number 27 tells us that the only thing and the only ones that will be there are they which are written down in the lamb's book of life when i start reading all of this you know what it does it makes me go back on a memory tour real quick and it lets me be reminded of a song says what a day that will be 
with my Jesus I shall see. When I look up on his face, the one who saved me by his grace. Can I tell you, I don't know about you, but I get a little, I get a little happy. I'm about to have two Pentecostal fits in one day while y'all just sat there and think I've lost my mind. That's all right. Can I tell you? Without a doubt, we can say that for those who have placed their faith in Christ and have made the decision to follow him, please hear me, their best days are truly ahead of them. Because let me ask you this question. I know we're a blessed people in this room. We have more than enough clothes. We have more than enough automobiles. We have more than enough food in our cupboards. We're not going to be shivering because we don't have no heat in our house tonight. But I'm going to tell you something. None of you have been in a place that I just described to you from the word of the Lord. You've never walked on streets of gold. You've never walked into a city where its gates are pearl. You've never seen the foundations of the city that like we have just read about with sapphire stone and everything else. We've not seen the glittering of his glory. Yes, we've been in his presence and thank the Lord for it. But we have never been in the glory of God on such a manner where the light didn't even need to be on in the room. But there was the illuminating of Christ in such a manner. Can I tell you, I don't know about you, but that makes me excited and it lets me know that this. Uh, it doesn't matter what I'm going through right now. Uh, I need to do something to make sure uh, that I finish well. Do you hear me? So what in the world am I going to do until then? Uh, listen, uh, but if that's not enough to get you excited, let me go back and let me just pull the curtain back just a little bit more. Is that all right? I'm still in my introduction, by the way. Just bear with me for a moment. Uh, I want to pull this curtain back a little bit, and Paul reveals to us by the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, when he begins to write uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13 uh, through verse number 18, he says, I would not have you to be ignorant, brother. Notice he's not talking just to anybody, but he's talking to the church at Thessalonica. And notice he says, concerning them, which are asleep. Now he's writing this for a purpose because he realizes that upon his arrival in recent times, some of the young believers and some of the folks there in the church, uh, they was a little overwhelmed because of everything that had been transhappening in life. How many knows life happens to all of us? And they had had to bury their loved ones and they was overwhelmed by grief and loss. He said, listen, we're going to have to address this thing. And this is why he begins. He says, concerning them which are asleep, he said, I want you to not to sorrow after them even as others which have no hope for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the air to meet the Lord in the air so shall we ever be with the Lord wherefore comfort one another with these words 
what am I saying tonight? Not only will we forever be with our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but we will be reunited with our loved ones in a very short time uh, if we will keep our faith and trust in Jesus. Uh, now, I understand the holiday season is rough because there's always somebody missing at the table. And every year it seems like it gets a little harder because somebody else is gone. Uh, but I come to tell you, uh, until we meet again, uh, we got some things we need to do. We can't sit down and quit. Uh, we can't just get in our place and say, oh, uh, I just don't know. Life has been hard and everything is happening and everything's going wrong. No, 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 no. Uh, Paul is saying, listen, uh, do not be ignorant, brethren, uh, but you got to understand. Uh, I know that you're grieving in the moment, uh, but listen, uh, he said, don't forget John 14. Uh, he said, in my father's house is many mansions. Uh, if it were not so, I would have told you. Uh, but I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there ye may be also. Uh, can I tell you, he wasn't just talking to you, uh, but he was talking to your loved ones that's already been gone home. Uh, can I tell you, uh, I know that it's different. Uh, listen, I don't like it either, uh, but I got to tell somebody, uh, we got to get our focus back and realize uh, that brings me to my subject today. Uh, what do we do uh, until we get to heaven? Uh, what do we do till we get reunited with our loved ones? Uh, what do we do till we get back to that place where the family circle isn't broken anymore? Uh, I got to tell you tonight, uh, it's not just set here till we die. Uh, that's not what God's plan is for you and I. Uh, but we have been commissioned and called. Uh, that's why Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 6 and uh, through 11, uh, he says, therefore, let us not sleep uh, as do others, uh, but let us watch and be sober. I wonder, are you watching tonight? Are we been sober tonight? Notice he says, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day. He's not talking about in the day. He's talking about of the kingdom of light. Those of us that are of the day. Those of us that are of God. Let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this, we are to comfort ourselves, but also we are to edify one another. Let me pause right here just for a moment. I told you I'm trying to give you a series tonight. We find this, I wonder, when was the last time you edified somebody? I'm not talking about coming and singing a song. I'm not talking about dancing a jig. I'm talking about when did you take a moment and comfort yourself in the promises of God and say, you know what? There's coming a day. There's coming a day I won't be in this age body. There's coming a day when I'm not going to have to deal with sickness and disease. There's coming a day I begin to comfort myself. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. There's coming a day. And then it's like i got to edify somebody else. You know what? You're going to make it because of the simple fact the goodness of God is still running after you. Please hear me. 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says, not only do you need to edify one another, but listen, what do we do until then? Now we exhort you, brethren, get this, now don't miss this. Warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. 
and be patient towards all men. Now, what do we do until then? How many knows heaven's going to be wonderful? It's going to be wonderful. Think about it. No, no pain rolling out of bed. No, no limitations in these aging bodies. Back together with our loved ones, our friends that's gone on before us. They put their faith and trust in the Lord. But, but until then, brethren, notice he's talking to the church. He said, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Who's unruly? Those that are going against the things of God. That means the lost and dying world out there. You don't give up on them. Don't matter how many times they fail. What if somebody gave up on you the first time or the second time or the third time they pursued you? You wouldn't be sitting here either. Warn them. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. How many knows there's a lot of weakness today? These are the things we are supposed to be found doing. Verse number 15. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. I think we're taught throughout the Gospels and throughout the New Testament some basic principles. Talking about if you see somebody thirsty, you should give them a drink. If you see somebody that needs food, you should feed them. If somebody needs clothes, you should clothe them. You know, it doesn't do much good to ignore the needs in the natural and then tell them, oh, you need Jesus when you have the means to meet that need. Oh, you're getting quiet on me now. I don't think Johnny really needs 55 presents under the tree. I think he could probably still be okay if he only had 50 and you had five more for somebody else. Oh, don't go there, preacher. You start meddling. I'm just saying. But ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 22 goes on a little bit more. This is Paul giving us a whole description of how we're to be living our life until then. He didn't say just do it for a few moments and stop. He didn't say just do it at Christmas time. He didn't just say do it at Thanksgiving time. But he said, this is how you should live your life daily. He said, rejoice evermore. Uh, Can I pause right there just for a moment? Are you rejoicing? Are you living a life out loud where you're rejoicing? Are you allowing the events of the world to steal your joy, your peace, and your rest? I've come too far to allow the world to take away, to take away. There's an old song. Some of you may remember it. Some of you may not. Let me give you the course of it. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, I'll carry on. 
Y'all getting quiet on me now. Nobody even remembers it. Lord, help me, Jesus. Until the day my eyes behold the city. Until that day that God calls me home. Listen, you can go through the, vor- the verses of this song, and it's very powerful. This weary world with all its toll and struggle may take its toll of misery and strive. The soul of man is like a waiting falcon. When it's released, it's destined for the sky. Can I tell you, I will keep on singing. What are you allowing to take your song? Listen, rejoice evermore. How do I rejoice? Because I have a promise. John 14 says, in my father's house has been in mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I come. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Can I tell you, he's coming after me. If I know that, why in the world am I down? And listen, the Bible teaches us life is but a vapor. It is quickly fading away. Listen, it's like a blade of grass. It's here today and gone tomorrow. Can I tell you, you are just a moment away from experiencing the blessedness of a place called heaven. Uh, you are just a moment away. You're just a dash away. Listen, you're half, half of your dash has already been put there. Uh, you only have a half a dash left uh, before you step into a place called eternity and in eternity uh, there is goodness there is grace uh, there is the outpouring of the glory of God on a manner that we've never saw Uh, we're going to walk the streets with mama again and daddy again Uh, we're going to see and hold our infants again Uh, we're going to rejoice with the children uh, that never made it out of the womb Uh, but can I tell you today I will rejoice uh, because I know that there's no devil in hell uh, that is able to separate me from the love of God. So come what may, come through hell or high water, I will rejoice until then. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. And abstain from all appearance of evil. This is what we do until then. In this passage, Paul not only gives directions to the church, uh, but he's pointing us back to something that's very unique. Uh, nothing short of the words of Christ himself. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus steps up and he simply says this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end. Folks, please hear me. We must be about the Father's business until then. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, spoke in this manner. Jude 1 and 3. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you. Please hear me. It is needful for me to preach to you tonight this message that I'm preaching to you. 
Maybe you don't understand the depths of it. Maybe you don't even like what you're hearing tonight. But can I tell you, I need you to hear, if you hear nothing else, I need you to hear these next few words. And that is this right now. He said, it is needful that I exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. If you don't contend for this thing until then, this thing could cease to exist in the realm in which you live. Do you understand tonight that this book has been outlawed in many nations and many places around the globe today? Do you understand tonight that there is a coordinated effort by communist China and the leaders of it that they currently right now are rewriting this book? They are writing it in terminology to make it look like and sound like it's gospel. But however, when it is published, it will be defiled. It will not be the authentic word of God. And it is making its leader to seem like he is God. Please hear me. Until then, Jude says, I must earnestly, I must exhort you to earnestly to contend for this. I wonder tonight, are we fighting for it? This is just my observation. It's hard to fight for something that's not important to you. Jude did not stop there, however. He keeps writing. Verse number 20 through 23, he says, But beloved... You need to understand you need to build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And get this, Jude had revelation and understanding that you're going to deal with all kinds of people. How many knows that every person's not the same? But he said, there's coming a day, and he said, even currently, when he was writing, he said, but in the future, he said, you're going to have to realize, you're going to have to discern, you're going to be dealing with different types of people, and therefore, you've got to use different tools and different methods. And he said, listen, here's what you have to do. Until then, until you're with the Father, until then, and of some, have compassion making a difference. Some people, you're going to have to love through some stuff, man. You're going to have to have some compassion. Because listen, they've never been loved. They've never been respected. They've never been taught that they have any value. So you've got to have compassion. And how many knows when you work with compassion, you've got to be firm, but you've got to be gentle. You've got to be ever so delicate you have to be so sensitive because not everybody lived like you lived not everybody growed up like you did nobody had a praying not everybody had a praying grandma not everybody had a praying mama or daddy not everybody was taken to sunday school not everybody was told as a little boy or a little girl that you can be anything dream big no 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 some of them by the time they was two or three was been abused and it was nothing more than than something that we don't even want to give voice to 
in a mixed setting. But if some have compassion making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, they said, there's some... There's some walking so close to the edge that you're going to have to roll up your sleeves. You're going to have to take the tie off and the suit jacket off. And you're going to have to put on your work clothes. And you're going to have to run down to the edge of that blazing place called hell. And you're going to have to reach in. even though Don't even pay attention to the flames. But you're going to have to grab them. And you're going to have to pull them out of the flames. Because that the enemy is trying so hard to get to them. You're going to have to work for some of these. I'm going to tell you something. There is not one person on this planet tonight that isn't worth reaching because of the price that Jesus paid for every man to have Jesus. Now, I understand that there are those on this planet that have given themselves over to a reprobate mind, and I understand that they can't be reached. But listen, he died so every man, every woman, every boy, every girl could have an opportunity. And we have to do everything in our power to pull them from the flames until then. I'm going to bring this to a close because I could preach so much more. And you all, you all having a hard time this evening? Stay with me. Verse 24 and 25, it says this. Now unto them that is able to keep you from falling and to present your faultless before the presence of his glory with exceedingly joy to the only wise God our Savior be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Until then, I want to remind us of that which we received at Calvary is still the answer. And that which has pulled us from the flames of an eternity filled with hell. We did not just receive for ourselves, but we was received it so that we would go and tell others until then. 1 Corinthians 16 and 13 says this. Notice Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. He's not writing to the world, but he's writing to the church. And he says this, watch ye... Stand fast in the faith. Sit quiet in yourself like men. And be strong. There's a lot of movement in the world today. There's a lot of noise in the world today. There's a lot of disruption going on, but the people of God, we need to stand could read also in Galatians 5 where it says stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free can I tell you when you stand still and stand fast in Christ there's a peace that nobody else can explain he says I need you to quiet yourself like men you have to realize the context of what he's saying he's simply saying this When I was a child, I spake as a child, but when I came a man, I put away childish things. What he's saying, there's a, there's a maturing process. We need some men and women to be mature in Christ right now. We need some men and women to stand fast in who Christ is, and we need to be strong in the Lord, and we need to stand unmovable, unwavering. 
Peter wrote in his letter in 1 Peter 4 and 1, he said, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, he says, arm yourself likewise with the same mind as Christ. What's that even mean? He says, for he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Can I tell you something? Not many days before Germany surrendered in World War II, Hitler was so enraged because of the assassination attempt that had been brought against him and the people that had tried to bring it. He had launched a full investigation. He said, anybody that had any association with that, I want them to be slaughtered. There was a Lutheran pastor, theologian, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was associated with that group of people. He was in prison, moved from prison to prison to prison, but then just a few days before, the war was ended. Dietrich Bonhoeffer and others, his brother-in-law and others, that was brought from their prison cell, stripped of their garments, and they walked the plank. The doctor that was on staff there, he made a statement. He said, I've never seen a man that was so close to his God that prayed with such assurance that his God heard him. He said, I never saw such strength in a man that when they stripped him from his garments and they walked him out, that he willingly walked in that place and walked out on that plank and put his head in that noose and he stood there and lifted his head and began to pray to his God. He said, I never saw such strength in a man. He's just a normal man. He had his flaws, had his errors, just like you and I, but this is what Peter was talking about. He said that when you likewise get the same mind of Christ, meaning this, that I'll do anything and everything, even of laying down in my life for him because he is so good, that's when you become willing to suffer in the flesh and you cease from sin. But Peter didn't stop there. If you read on down through that chapter, you will find in verse 6 and verse number 7, it says, For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. But the end of all things is his hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Can I tell you, we have to stand until then. We have to be sober in our thinking. We cannot allow, please hear me, we cannot allow world leaders and media outlets to program us to think in the manner that they want us to think, but we must be sober. We must think according to the gospel. Listen, we know this, that there is a day that's coming where all of this is going to be burned up with fever and heat. This is not our home. We're just pilgrims passing through. But until then... I got to try to grab this one and I got to try to grab that one and I got to grab this one and I got to grab that one because I've got to take somebody with me if I can. 
using compassion or saving with fear, whatever it takes. Peter writes, and above all things, don't miss this tonight, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover the multitudes of sin. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Can I tell you, brothers and sisters, tonight, it's fine to reminisce about how the generations before us loved one another, fellowshiped with one another, had dinners on the ground. We can talk about all that, and it's wonderful. But can I tell you, we should be a generation that's loving each other more than any generation before us because we are seeing things that they only heard from a distance. But we're living in that day. And right now, can I tell you, uh, all of the stuff that's separating us, uh, we should be smart enough and sober enough and watching under prayer enough uh, where the Holy Spirit downloads in us in such a manner that, you know what, uh, there is nothing more important uh, than me grabbing a hold of my family. Uh, and I'm not talking about about just blood family but I'm talking about faith family uh, where listen when I see you're weak I'll be your strength uh, when I see you discouraged I'll be your hope uh, can I tell you we got to get back to this thing where we have favorite or favorite charity love unconditionally please hear me if any man in verse 11 and I'm ending if any man speak let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth. Listen, don't you try to be a superstar. Don't you try to build your ministry. Don't you try to say, look how glorious I am. Listen, our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. But can I tell you, it's time for somebody to grab a basin of water and somebody to grab a towel and kneel down in front of a brother and a sister and say, I will serve you because that is what Jesus taught me to do. I should be silent unless I've been alone with God and have something to say. The world don't need my opinion, but they do need the revelation of his word. Please hear me. If any man minister, let him do it of the ability which God giveth. Can I tell you, you have been born with gifts and callings. And I want to say this in love. But I want to say it firmly tonight. Unless you learn how to use the gift, the gift is of no value. Unless you develop the gift, it's of no value. God deserves the best that we can give. I know I talk about my grandchildren a lot, but that's all right, I can. My grandchildren are just children, just like your children. But I recognize gifts in men and women and even children. Little Abby's a gifted leader. Now we can develop that gift 
and she can touch a generation she can touch a world or we can ignore that gift and she can be average little Jackson is two years old he's gifted with the gift of music I watch him continually and this may sound really bizarre but I can tell you from month to month without any instruction his gift is developing what started out as boom 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 now is it even close to that when he's really focusing and when he's in the presence of the Lord there's a gift there's a flow it's our responsibility to not let the world have those gifts but to develop those gifts because those are ministry gifts and we have never taught like we should have taught in the house of God and we've got 30 year olds 40 year olds 50 year olds they're gifted they never moved in their gifts and the idea was well if I ever get an opportunity I'll do it no 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 God says you have a gift you need to minister in that thing listen I don't care if you got saved when you was five or if you got saved when you was 50 I'm just telling you this when we come to Christ we are all babes in Christ but we start crawling we start walking and then we start running and we are to be oracles of the voice of God and we are to be men that women that minister in that gifting that God has given us but can I tell you if we want that gift to make room for us you're gonna to have to learn how to hide away and you're gonna to have to learn how to give yourself to it I watched a video of a little boy that's a year and a half old sit on the lap of his mother sit on the lap of his father at a year and a half he will sit and he'll watch their hands tickle the ivories of a keyboard and he'll sit there for a moment then he'll take those little hands and he'll do the same thing and make it sound just like them you know how he's able to do that at a year and a half it's because they don't just sit and play and let him listen but they've taken this year and a half old baby put him in their lap and they have allowed him to see them and they are cultivating and they are operating and they're awakening a gift inside of him and if they continue he will be phenomenal because of the development of the gift there's messages in this house and every other house of worship across this nation and around the globe today that God has put inside of vessels that will never be preached unless we get somebody to understand until then I must be about my father's business I'm closing for the fifth time or the sixth time or the seventh time I don't know but I go to bed thinking about this thing I dream about this thing I wake up thinking about this thing it's Sunday and I think I'm already in thirsty because my mind is just 
time. I'm consumed with this thing because I must be about the Father's business until it comes. I was alone this week spending time meditating on the things of God not thinking about anything per se really just an attitude of worship thank you Lord for your goodness thank you Lord for your faithfulness thank you Lord for the promises and this year began to just roll before me of everything that I began to see God do supernaturally. Time would not permit me to tell you of everything that I've seen God orchestrate and do this year. Then come flashing in this video screen in my mind, I began to see Justin, that little peach-colored building turning into that blue and those all nasty metal windows been ripped out and those nice pretty glass windows been put in and I began to see I, I began to see in that little piece of property I seen young girls coming in and out of that building and I began to see lives be touched with the gospel. I said, oh God, until then, I'm tired, but until then, we're going to do this thing. I don't know how it's all going to come together, but God, thank you. Thank you. And then out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Justin, all of a sudden, and I was Thanksgiving. I wasn't asking for something else. And I all of a sudden just downloaded it in my spirit. He said, you know, as you begin to do that, and as I begin to mold that and develop that into what I want it to be, you know that that's not where it ends. And I kind of had like a John moment. I turned around and I was like, what's that voice, Pastor Jay? What's that voice? And he said, you know, if you're going to save them babies, then somebody's going to have to take care of them babies. So the next thing in my mind, I hope Debbie's not listening. As I began to see, it's like, oh, my Lord. Lord, you're right, because if we start saving babies, I understand that in their lives, not everybody's going to be able to take care of these babies. What are we going to do with babies? Until then, I guess we, I guess an orphanage might be in our future. I don't know. But until then, what are you saying, preacher? What I'm saying. And I really am trying to quit. Maybe we'll close on closing 10. The enemy tells you. It's okay. Go to church. It's okay. Give your tithe and all. It's okay. Just don't get radical about this thing. Don't, don't really listen to what your preacher's saying tonight. But you're, you're, you're good. Just just set you've been blessed and you you've done things and you know back in 1980 you did that thing and you helped build that and do that. that's all you don't need to do anything else and thank the lord for those times 
And he'd like for all to just kind of sit down and just say, well, we're going to wait on Jesus. But can I tell you, that's not biblical. That doesn't bring blessing and favor. That doesn't, the Lord don't breathe on that. The Lord don't bless that. That's why the enemy wants you to stay sitting and be preoccupied and too busy. But if somebody say, I'm not going to sit, but I'm going to be sober. I'm going to be watchful in prayer. I'm going to rejoice evermore. I'm going to love. I'm going to be the hands and feet. I'm going to be the oracle of God. I'm going to operate in the gift of ministry that he's given me. I don't care. I know there's others that may be more qualified, but listen, I'm going to do it because God's birthed it in me for that individual. For that man, for that woman, I'm going to tell you something. Not only will you walk into the portals of heaven, not only will you be reunited with loved ones, but there's going to be a moment where God begins to bring the least of them, puts them in front of everybody. And says, here, I saw what you did. And I'm going to crown you with this. And I'm going to crown you with that. Now, I understand we're going to take those crowns and lay them at the feet of Jesus. But can I tell you, you are going to be rewarded because the Lord says, not only am I going to say well done, but I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to breathe on you even in the hereafter. Because you understood that until then... You had some work to do. As we stand all over the house tonight. May I ask one more question of you tonight? Just a simple question. Not really a profound question, just a simple question. Just a simple question. None of us in this room know how much time we have. Don't matter what age we are in this room. Age has nothing to do with it. I stood and did a funeral service for a 35-year-old girl this week. Tuesday, I'll stand and I'll do a funeral service for a 60-year-old lady. Sister Barbara Day went home to be with the Lord just a few days ago. Age has nothing to do with it. None of us know how many days we have left. But with the rest of the days that you have, I just want to ask you this question. When your number comes up and you step into eternity, what are you going to do until then? What are you going to do? I understand we have responsibilities. I understand we have careers and things like that, but I'm going to tell you something. God has positioned you in places where you are, in corporate worlds, in businesses, in school systems, not just to do what everybody else is doing, but to be there strategically, to be the body of Christ, 
to use compassion with some, to use fear with others, but to pull them to a place of safety. I was on the phone this week with an insurance company. A lady had used a few choice words. She didn't know she was talking to a pastor. So I let her talk. Then I brought it to her attention that our conversation was not about personal property, but it was about church property. And oh, how her voice changed. And she said, oh, I really am a good Christian. I tell everybody about Jesus. I pray with them. I laughed and I simply said this. Well, ma'am, I pray that you just keep praying with everybody you meet. I didn't want to make her feel too bad. But I'm thinking, Lord, help us. See, there are going to be people cross your path this week that don't cross mine. You're going to connect with people that I won't connect with. Brother Ron, it might be on the side of the road when you climb out of that old tow truck. Might be more than a broken car. It might be an assignment from God. They might just need to hear a smile and say, hey, God's got this. Brad, it might be at the next call that you get to go give somebody an estimate. Might be the next person at the, at the auction, Chris, this week. Just walks up to you, just overwhelmed. Until then, now I know it's real easy because we're focused. We got things to do and we got to get there. We got to get this done. Got to get this done. But can I tell you, it's just pause and say, God. Is this a God moment? God, are you wanting me to do something here? Because I don't want to miss an opportunity. Until then. There's a world that's hurting. We have family members that are lost. We have a community that has darkness all around it. We have a nation that's spiraling out of control. But we have the remedy, and it's Jesus. I get excited about heaven. It's getting sweeter all the time. But until then, Paul said this, come follow me as I follow him. What he was saying is until then, let's work for the kingdom. Father, tonight, Lord, as we stand in your house, oh God, Let us not be found slumbering, sleeping, disengaged, unaware. But Lord, let us be found watching and laboring, operating in charity and compassion 
bend your hands and your feet. Tonight, Lord, I pray that for the men and women of God that might be under the sound of our voice in this room or through internet tonight that may feel a sense of insecurity or not enough, that surely I can't be used, surely I can't make a difference. Lord, I pray that would be broken off of every man, every woman today. And Lord, I pray that there would be a holy boldness rise up within the body of Christ today. And they would realize that until then, that great glorious day, that we have a harvest together. Lord, your word, when you were speaking to your disciples, clearly said, don't tell me four months from now, but look on the field right now. It's a harvest that is ripe, ready for the picking. Lord, let us have eyes to see. Let us have a heart of compassion to move. And give us the strength and the wisdom to know how. Oh, God. We stand before you saying we need you. But we also stand before you saying if you can use anything, please use me. Lord, it would be our honor to be used in the service of the kingdom whether it be pouring a glass of water, whether it be putting a garment of clothing on someone, or whether it be washing someone's feet, whether it be meeting the need, no matter what manner it is, Father. But Lord, we just know this, until then, you have commissioned us to go into all the world. So Lord, I pray for vision to be granted. Let us not just see our family. Let us not just see our community. But Lord, let us have a heart for not just our Jerusalem, but also for Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. Father, let there be an awakening for harvest. So today, Lord, I pray. Pray this would not just be an ordinary week, but this would be a week of God opportunities that is made aware in the hearts and lives of these men and women in this room those that are listening and Lord let us have the gift of discernment and operation by the Holy Spirit where we will stand still when we are called to where we will move when we are called to where we will speak when we are called to and where we will love unconditionally and Lord help us to be agents of change so today Lord we bless your name and Lord, I thank you for the undivided attention of the men and women in this room tonight. And Lord, I pray that you would bless them going in, bless them going out this week. Bless them in the city, bless them in the field. Lord, I pray that everything that they put their hand to would be blessed because of their faith and their commitment to follow after you. Let unexpected favor be granted to them and their families. And Lord, I pray that you would bring us back safely this coming Wednesday. And we will never cease to give you praise and glory and honor. 
Lord, continue to move on behalf of those that we prayed for earlier. We thank you for healing. We thank you for strength. Lord, we thank you for keeping your hand upon your people and going with them in the things that they have to do this week. Lord, I pray specifically for Landon, Lord, on Tuesday. Lord, I just pray that your hand would be upon him. Lord, I pray for Garrett tonight. Your hand would be upon him. Sister House tonight. Brother Brian Gallimore tonight. Lord, those in the church family that's under sickness today. And they have been this through this week. Little Riley tonight, Lord, we lift her up before you. Lord, I pray that there would just be a wind of refreshing and renewal come to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody. It's Pastor Jade Abrams here. I just want to thank you for watching and joining with us today. We're so glad that you chose to be with us. We just encourage you to stay in contact with us. Click, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms to stay up to date what's happening here at PTC. We bless you in Jesus' name, and we love you, and so does God. Have a good day.